You know, man, I, I got to stop doing that. I've got, you know what, maybe I just need a break from social media, but I've got to stop prematurely giving up on this friggin' team. It's not so much my actual opinion on them. It's more just me being a complete prisoner of the moment. But like when they're down and I post negatively about them on social media, a lot of it is, yes, it's prisoner of the moment shit, just being passionate. But I swear when I say this, there's some of it, not all of it, but some of it's also just me doing it because there's this superstition in me that feels like if I say something pessimistic about them, they're going to do the complete opposite and prove me wrong right after I hit send. So that's part of it too. I swear to you. But yeah, I got to chill. I got to cut it back. I deleted my Twitter a while back, like a year or so ago, because I was way too much, way too like erratic. Maybe I should just do the same thing with my Facebook account, with with, with my RJ Carbone account, which you can find on Facebook at r.j.carbone. Oh my gosh. I just, it's just part of me, man. All right. I got a little bit of pessimism in me. I get it. But I swear, some of it is just to prove myself wrong. And it, just, it helps me. I'm superstitious. I swear that's what some of it is. The Yankees win. They win tonight. They win another series. They keep going. I believe they are 18-2-2 now in series this season. 8-1-1 on the road series. 51-18 um, and 18 overall. Just absurd. Right? 51-18? and 18? Crazy. We'll talk about it. Let's get to it. Welcome to episode 383 of BD4. Let's talk Yankees, man. This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. It's on its way. There it goes. And the Yankees are going to win. What is happening, everybody? What's going on? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 383 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on weekends. If you are new, to BD4, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on the many platforms that we are on. Download these episodes that you listen to. Share it on social with your friends. Send them links on your iMessage, but be sure to subscribe and download. And if you want to rate us 
five stars on Apple Podcasts, be sure to do that. We are currently a five-star podcast on Apple Podcasts and would like to keep it that way. You can also listen to us on the other platforms, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, many other listening platforms. You can watch the podcast. The video format is available on Spotify and YouTube. If you guys want to follow me on social media, as I said, I bitch and moan constantly on Facebook at r.j.carbone. Heat of the moment posts. So if you don't like the irrational heat of the moment internet ranting, I advise you don't follow. But if you if you do like that and you got that old man anger in you, follow me on Facebook at r.j.carbone. And you can also find me on Instagram. I'm very active there. Um, that's at Rob J. Carbone on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. And of course, guys, I write a blog, if you did not know, and if you like to read. You can find my blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com. If you go there, you'll find the Bomber Bocker blog if you put it into the search bar. And be sure that when you go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and you search the Bomber Bocker blog, once you're there, subscribe to it using promo code 6A2841. E R J C that is six A two eight four one E R J C this way you get a discount twenty percent off your subscription and ten percent off any merch that you purchase. Alright guys. Um we may as well get right into it, right? No need to waste any time. <laughs> the Yankees took two out of three again. Um, so we'll, we'll discuss it all. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Field of Dreams lately. I don't know why. After they lost the second game of the set last night, I, I turned on Field of Dreams and went to bed watching that. And I'm going to say it, it's embarrassing, but I watched it twice in a row. I don't know, man. It's like my go-to movie whenever I'm down. Um at least like in the baseball world, whenever the Yankees are not playing well or they lose one game, I'll like, I'll turn off field of dreams. It helps. It helped. Uh, the Yankees bounce back tonight. Um, yeah, I've been watching that lately. It's such a good movie, man. And by the way, isn't that field of dreams game, field of dreams game coming up in July, maybe August. It's, I think it's a, I wish the Yankees were doing it again. It was fun. I think it's the Cubs, right? And the... I don't know. It's the Cubs. I think it's the Cubs and somebody else. And the Red... I think it's Cubs-Reds. I'd have to double check. Um, Cubs who have Jackson Frazier. <laughs> Did you see that? Did anybody else see that? Clint Frazier... You know, he's starving for attention, so he's always in the headlines for something. And his latest shtick is he wants to now be called, by his middle name, Jackson. He wants to be called Jackson Frazier. You know, since his play on the field doesn't generate any attention, since he's got no game, he's got to do other things to get attention. This is the latest. He wants to be called Jackson Frazier. So that happened. Um, 
Did anybody see the Kyle Farnsworth thing that's going around the internet? The photo of him now? He is ripped. Apparently he's he's like he's got to be a bodybuilder now or something cuz that's the body he's got. He is ripped. It is hilarious. And remember him with the Yankees, who's this guy, you know, this tall thin dude who threw 98 but could never find the strike zone. But he's like some ripped motherfucker now. He is ripped. Um, yeah. Michael K in game two of this series said one of the funniest things I've heard out of his mouth. Calling him and Cameron Mabin, that duo, calling them Chocolate Blanco. And I laughed my ass off. First of all, it's just funny as it is. But the fact that it came out of the mouth of K on Yes Network in today's like generation where like you can get canceled just by saying something so slight. He goes and says they're Chocolate Blanco. That was probably the funniest shit I've heard on Yes Network in years. I mean, like, O'Neal said some funny shit before. They've had Lou Pinella say some funny shit when he used to do a few games in Tampa. But this was good. <laughs> this this was good. Um, all right, let's get to it. The Yankees take two out of three from the Tampa Rays at the Trop. Really, the the Durham Bulls. Um, they're now four and three. The Yankees are four and three this season at the Trop. So that's encouraging. That is encouraging. This is a place that has given us shit nightmares over the years. So to be able to you know, to go there and do this to them. Beat them four out of three so far. We took two in that four-game set last time at the drop, and then we took two out of three this time. So that adds up to four, folks. It's big. Uh, 51 and 18 overall in the season, and we just keep on going. So we'll talk about it. Let's get to our first break, and then when we get back, we'll talk about the first game of the set, which took place on, Jesus, Tuesday? Yeah, Monday. Monday, Tuesday, yeah, it took place on Monday. Let's get to break first. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. So I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. All right, let's get back to it. So if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone.
All right, welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 383 of BD4. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, RJ. So the Yankees took the first game of this set, which took place on Monday night, 4-2. They won 4-2. It was uh, ace versus ace. Garrett Cole versus Shane McClanahan, and it was exactly as everybody wanted and expected. It was a good, solid pitcher's duel the entire way. The Yankees end up edging out the Rays, get their 50th win at the time. A very back-and-forth game. An interesting result, you know, in the end there. No hitter turning into a nail-biter. But the Yankees win, and they crack the board right away. Top of the first. Anthony Rizzo, a solo home run off McClanahan, makes it one zip. Nobody scores from there until the top of the seventh when Jose Trevino beats out a grounder. We'll get to that a little later in the show. Glaber comes home. Run of the bases very well this season, Glaber is. 2-0. Bottom of the eighth, Garrett Cole has a no-hitter going. It is broken up. Um, and I think it was broken up by Paredes. Paredes. Whatever the fuck his name is. I should know it by now. Um, Jesus, he had a series. Holmes comes in, blows the save on the infield single. We'll talk about him. It's tied at two after eight innings. Top of the ninth comes, and the Yankees, the resilient Yankees, who always seem to respond, respond. Aaron Hicks, the line drive triple off the wall to right field. Donaldson comes home. Trevino later the sack fly. The Yankees end up winning 4-2. The Bats... They go for four runs on seven hits. They, one second here. Here we go. Four runs on seven hits, um, three extra base hits, two walks, one sack fly, two stolen bases in there. Love to see that. No longer station to station. We are moving, baby. 11 strikeouts, one grounded into double play. Um, I never know how to say that. One ground into double play, or is it one grounded into double play? Just going to call it a, GI, a GIDP. One GIDP, over six in scoring position, five team left on base. Um, yeah, I mean, McClanahan ended up going six innings, one run. And listen, like, I'd, I'd normally complain about not hitting, not hitting good pitching, right? This is where I'd normally say that. But they did, you know, just before this series, put four runs on Manoa, right, who has a one-something ERA. And then their last time uh, against McClanahan, who also has a one-something ERA, they did get to him, too. Now, I don't think the earned runs were there because technically those runs weren't earned because of the error, but he gave up a bomb after that. So they've been getting to good pitching lately. So I, I'm not going to give them shit for only getting one across McClanahan this time out. Um, they had him on the ropes, though, in the top of the fifth. But that was when Trevino grounded into the double play to end the threat. Um, you know, after really after the top of the first inning where Rizzo smashed the home run, um, what's the, McClanahan just got hot. He retired a bunch of Yankees in a row, a bunch of strikeouts in there. Throwing the changeup to not just the righties, but throwing a changeup to, to lefties and it just... It didn't matter. He was just getting the Yankees to just go down swinging off and on. Or, um, I don't know, over and over. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, Rizzo, Donaldson, and Hicks were the three Yankees to pick up two hits each. That was good to see. Um, Rizzo, the homer, number 19 on the year. He also had a check swing single up the middle. Donaldson picked up two singles. Hicks has a single and a triple. Huge night for Hicks. This one was a, was a big night for Hicks, and he's been getting clutch hits lately. Um, one second, I just got to uh, check something. But yes, I'm, I'm going to give him that. I, you know, I, I want to be fair, you know, because I, I criticize this shit out of Hicks and Gallo, of course, too, all the time. This was a big game for Hicks. The only thing I can critique was how nonchalant he got on that triple. Um, he thought he hit it. I mean, you could tell, by the way. He, we all did. We all thought it went 500 feet. Um, ends up going up against the wall. So he tries to style it because he thought he hit one out. Could have gotten the inside the park home run. Um, but you can't get on him too much. Still gets the RBI triple. And um, also, I hope that uh, Manny, Mar- Manny Margot is okay. Uh, I think he's going to be out a while. Took a hard f- a hard crash against the wall there. Glaber, the only other Yankee with the hit in this game. He picked up a double. Quiet series for him outside that. Aaron Judge walked. Also made up a big play up against the wall late. To save a run. Trevino walked in this game too. But he was on base twice with the hustle. Ground out. Which again we're going to get to Trevino. In a second. We're going to save him for later. Because there are some good things I want to say about him. Um, And then Garrett Cole. Who uh, Garrett Cole is our. Featured starting pitcher. Of this series. How could you not give it to him. 7.1 innings pitched. One hit allowed. One run. Three walks, 12 strikeouts, 111 pitches thrown. And unfortunately, he gets the no decision. Um, But he's pitched well, and he's done well against the Rays this season. Has allowed just two runs in 19 and third innings. Two runs in 19 and a third innings against the Rays this season. That's across three starts. So he's handling Tampa. um, And he has the ERA on the season down to 3.14. You know, he had the one hitter, or I'm sorry, he had the no hitter. He had the no hitter working up until the bottom of the eighth when, of course, it was Paredes who slaps the base hit up the middle against him. Uh, but for the Yankees, it was the fourth time this season that a starting pitcher has gone into the seventh with the no hitter bid. You gotta think that someone's gonna get it this year. I feel like if somebody does, it'll either be Cortez or Garrett Cole. Um, my guess is going to be Cole because when he's on, he is like, he, there's a switch he hits where he's just unhittable. Like it's literally like a video game where he can just get you out if he wants to for a certain amount of time. So I feel like if he gets into one of these grooves again, it could definitely happen. Um, but of course, the only reason that it didn't happen in this game is because in the top of the eighth inning, my dad comes into the room and he checks the game, and he hears Kay. Of course, Kay is going to talk about the no hitter because he likes to prove a point as if the jinx doesn't work. Um, he hears Kay talking about it, and he's like, "He's pitching a no hitter," and so of course, the very next pitch call throws is, is a base hit. 
So you can blame my dad. You can blame Kay for trying too hard to prove a point. As if, you know, the jinx isn't just a fun thing we all do. Yeah, it was tough. But it was a great outing nonetheless from Garrett Cole. I'm not going to let that take it away from him. He was outstanding. He was going, he was very heavy on the cutter, you know, which is a new pitch for him this season. He's been fantastic with it. Um, and he was excellent with it in this game. Struck out six batters, I think it was, in a row at one point early on. Just in a, in a groove. His pacing was excellent all night long. Working super quick and in rhythm. Um, that's when you know Garrett Cole is at his best. He really only had a couple of spots where he didn't look great. He had the one out or the, the one jam in the fifth inning uh, with a couple of walks in there. And then he had the eighth inning you know, where Clay Holmes comes in, can't hold the runners on. But that was really it. Outside that, he did good. Very good. Um, got some help from his defense. Stanton makes a nice play in the sixth inning to keep the no-hitter alive at the time. Uh, Garrett Cole was great. Uh, the pitching after Garrett Cole was not so great, but that's okay. You know, Clay Holmes was has been so good. The streak finally snapped. You know, I'm, I'm happy it's out of the way. You were waiting for it because the ERA, the ERA was all the way down to 0.27, which is absurd. Um, so he finally, you know, gave up a few. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to put too much in stock into it. I mean, uh, is he overworked? People are thinking. Is he just... just I, I just... I don't think it's anything. That, I think he was just due to have a regression game. We'll see what happens. Looked good tonight. Um, Peralta had a good bounce back from Sunday's debacle. Uh, you know, going to Holmes there for the five-out save was interesting. I, I get that Michael King threw 33 pitches on Saturday. Um, this was a Monday game. But, you know, I'm thinking for one batter at least, right? Holmes comes in with one out in the eighth. I would have liked to see King get at least one batter there. One to two tops. You know, finish the eighth. If not finish, just pitch the, just try to get one out for them. Didn't want to do that. They didn't want to give him any. They wanted to give him the extra day of rest. All right. I, I guess I get it. Um, but you never, because you, part of me is like you never asked Holmes to get a five-out save for you before. Why all of a sudden go away from your traditional King Holmes recipe? Um, I, but, you know, the Yankees are trying to be conservative with their pen because King has been worked a lot. So I get it. I get it. And Holmes is, is your best relief pitcher. So you go to him in these high leverage times. It's not something I can get two against. Um, the base running this game was awesome. You know, like I said, we are no longer a station to station team. Uh, this team is, is being extra aggressive. The defense was good too. Stanton, uh, Judge, Gallo doing a nice job in right field makes a nice play. Hicks. Making that play to end the game of the the Bermuda Triangle, which scared me for a second. Now the only bad defensive play was the DJ LeMayu error at third base, but it was his only error, his first error of the season so far. But just happened to come in a bad spot. Um, but that was it. The Yankees ended up winning. Um, they did lose the second game of this set, the middle game. They dropped on Tuesday night, um, five to four. We'll get right into that. Nestor Cortez going up against Jalen Beeks to open it for the Rays. We'll get to this when we get back from break. Stay with us. Be right back. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening 
to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode, but first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com, titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount, $7.99 a month, to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. All right, welcome back to the show. You're listening to episode 383 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ. Uh, talking about the second game of this set, the Yankees dropped this one 5-4 to four versus the Rays at the Trop. You had Nestor Cortez going up against Jalen Beeks, who did the opener. Um, yeah, I mean, first off, I shouldn't have to say this again. I shouldn't have to say it at all. Um, I don't like playing moral victory. All right, so I don't... I don't I'm not going to spend time saying, calling this an impressive loss or a good loss, as you'll hear people throw out there from time to time. I don't say those terms. I don't use that in my vocabulary because I'm a Yankees fan. I'm not a fan of a small market team with zero expectations. When you're the evil empire, the 27-time New York champion New York Yankees, you don't get that. You don't get the ability to play moral victory and call anything a good loss. A loss is a loss. So I'm not going to ever say that. I get it. They have that fight. It literally came down to the final at-bat. But I'm not going to call that a good loss. I'm never going to. It's just never been in me. I'm way too, not to tout myself up, but I'm way too competitive to call anything a good loss because I don't believe in that. Um, but I've, I've, I've heard that a lot over the years about losses. I understand it, but I'm just not one of those people who are going to use that term. Um, anyways, bottom of the first... You could tell right away it wasn't Cortez's night. Paredes uh, and Ramirez go back-to-back, 2-0, top of the second. The Yankee offense, resilient, as always, come back and tie it. Uh, DJ LeMayu, a base hit up the middle, tied it 2. Bottom of the third comes Paredes, second home run. Hopefully I'm saying his name correctly. You'd think I'd get his name correctly after the series he had, but for some reason I'm still not saying it right, I feel like. His second homer of the game in the third inning, 3-2 Tampa. Third homer comes in the fifth inning off of Clark Schmidt. Uh, One of those runners were, uh, it was a two-run shot, I believe. 
and one of those base runners was uh, Nestor Cortez. 5-2 Tampa after five innings. Top of the ninth, though, the Yankees make a little bit of a run. Marwin Gonzalez, clutch for his second hit of the game, gets a two-run home run to make it 5-4. Aaron Judge, who did not play in this game, comes in to pinch hit in the next at-bat. I think he delivered a deep fly ball on the first pitch. Um, It goes to the warning track. He just misses it. Kay thought it was out. The Yankees fans at the Trop thought it was out because that place is filled with nothing but Yankees fans. And the Yankees lose 5-4. Yeah, it was close. It was close. I've Watching the Yankees as much as I do over the years, I no longer get duped by Kay or the crowd reaction or the sound of the ball off, off the bat. I've done a good job of, of like recognizing when somebody gets it and, and, and when they don't. But like you could tell Kay got fooled. Um, and a lot of Yankees fans obviously did too. The Bats scored four runs on five hits, three of them extra base hits, five walks, ten strikeouts, one double play grounded into, two for ten in scoring position, five left on base as a team. DJ and Marwin, the two Yankees with multi-hit games, each of them had two. DJ a double and a single. He also walked. Marwin a double and a homer. Higashioka, the only other Yankee with a hit, singling in this game. Donaldson, Rizzo, Stanton, Glaber, the only other Yankees to reach base. They all walked. Um, Gallo was 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. Can we please cut this shit out? Get rid of him and recall Miggy Andujar. That'd be great. Um, you know, the Yankees had a prime opportunity to cash through and put runs up on the board in the top of the eighth just before the ninth inning, but nope. You know, they had first and second after LeMayhew and Donaldson walk, nobody out, but I think Rizzo, it was popping up and then Stanton grounds into a double play. I mean, he's, he's got no speed left. I feel like when he first came here, he had some speed a little bit. But now, I mean, he looks like he makes Albert Pujols look like Usain Bolt, the way he runs. Um, but yeah, it was rough. Whatever. Bad offensive game, bad pitching game. Cortez did not have it. Four and a third innings, six hits allowed, six hits, uh, and four of them were for extra bases. Three home runs, one double, um, four runs. Across those four and a third innings, no walks, three strikeouts. Is he coming back down to earth? Um, Is it just a little bit of a rough patch like every pitcher is bound to have? Is the American League figuring Cortez out? I don't know. It's kind of early to to make any of those assumptions right now. Uh, The cutter was getting banged around. He was leaving it up a ton. Uh, You know, sitting here watching him these last three starts... um, not been terrible like the last the, the of the last three starts the one in the middle was five and a third one run but he hasn't been great in either of these like he had been prior to maybe you should start throwing a two seam a little more get something with arm side tail to it you know he throws the cutter he likes the cutter i get that but maybe like the american league is starting to figure it like like you can only throw 91 for so long and get away with it with one one or two pitches. Like if he threw that two seam a little more, I'm wondering if that'll help him out. You know, throw it to righties, inside on the hands, toy around, right? 
but he was giving up some bombs in this one. I mean, to some so some nobody hitters too, leaving pitches right up over the plate. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Is it, is it the curse of Jim Cott? Is it that he was making buddies with Randy Rosarina, the the Ray series prior to this one during that delay? Right, they were chatting it up. Um, I don't know. It's kind of early to say anything like that. Um, it, I mean, he had a 1.40 ERA, right, not too long ago. So you have to think that that was not going to last. Um, so the regression was bound to come at some point. But I think the question from here on out, Yankees fans want to find out, is is how hard is that regression going to be? How long will it last? How hard will it be? Is he going to go back to a number four, number five pitcher? Or can he remain pitching like a top end of the rotation pitcher, just not a ridiculous, stupid one point something ERA? Like, how hard is this regression going to be? We will find out. Um, his next start, I believe, is going to be game three against Houston, maybe game four. But he will be pitching in this Houston series. So that's a big test for him, okay? Getting beat up by a terrible hitting race team. Uh, lineup is not a good look. Um, I don't remember who the two starts prior to this one was were, um, but the Astros are no joke. They can still hit, and it's going to be interesting to see how Nestor does. Uh, maybe shave the stash if it doesn't work out this time either. Uh, yeah, I'll give them one more start before we, we, we start talking about needing to change it up, um, but whatever. The Yankees lose, uh, but the good news is they bounce back in this final game, 5-4. to four. On Wednesday night, the Yankees win, 5-4. You had Montgomery going up against Bees. Uh, it was Montgomery's first start, believe it or not, against the Tampa Rays this season. Um, he's had some trouble against them in the past and didn't look good to start top of the second he allows two home runs. Of course, one is to Paredes, uh, the other to Bruhan. 3 nothing Tampa. Top of the fourth comes Aaron Judge, solo home run. He's waiting for Friday, folks. 3-1 Tampa. Bottom of the fourth, ground ball. Scores another for the Rays. 4-1. to one. The Yankees are down 4-1. But here they come. Four, un- or five, not four. Four unanswered runs from the Yankees from here on out. Top of the sixth. Jose Trevino ground out, but Choi botches a scoop, so he doesn't ground out. He reaches on the error. Um, and then Stanton, with two outs, scores from second base here. Good base running. Smart base running. Four to two Yankees after six. Top of the seventh. Judge destroys. This was hit hard and high. He pulverizes a cement mixer slider for homer number 27 on the season. His second of the game. Making it four to three, Tampa up only one, and then of course in the top of the eighth inning, as I'm just finishing up my first recording of this podcast, prematurely recording, expecting them to lose because I'm pathetic. Trevino, of course, drills the huge two-run home run for the lead. He pulls it to left field, and the Yankees go up five-four, and they close it out. Wow. Um, on a night where the bats looked dead, they still find a way to five runs, seven hits, two extra base hits, eight walks, eight strikeouts, 0 for 6 in scoring position, 12 left on base. It didn't look like a, it was going to be a good night from the start. 
kind of a bad omen when DJ LeMayu leads off the game with a hit, but they go down one, two, three from there, you know? And then you load the bases in the top of the fifth, Judge swinging that junk low and away. A rookie season Aaron Judge swing there if you watched it. Rizzo lines out. Didn't look great. Had another spot in the sixth to get plenty more than the one sheep run they got. They do not. So there were some moments there. It was like, wow, this just might not be their series. But they get the clutch hits. And when I say they get the clutch hits, of course, Judge, right? Judge, we'll get to him. He, he's always, he's been unbelievable. But man, I mean, man, Jose Trevino, man. How, what else can there be said about this kid? Now, the stats on the series, okay, he's one of our featured players of the series, Jose Trevino. Not great. Nothing crazy. Two hits, two for seven, one uh, single, a homer, three RBIs, a walk, a strikeout, five total bases, whatever. But, man, the, the, I'm telling you, man, like, the difference between Jose Trevino, and, and I am done knocking Gary Sanchez, so this is not going to be me knocking Gary but just rather praising how great Trevino has been and the big difference we see in their games. The difference, man, between Jose Trevino and Gary Sanchez displayed itself big time in this series. Um, talk about the first game of the set. Was it the first game? Yeah. Forget the fact that he and Cole were clicking all night long. His chemistry with Cole is tremendous, something that Cole did not have with Gary Sanchez, obviously. But to see him in that that one at-bat just bust it. And I mean, he was busting it out of the box to create a throwing error, allowing the second run of the game to score there was humongous. Because all I could think about when I saw that was, and unfortunately, Gary Sanchez does not do that. Gary Sanchez is doing that half-assed 25% jog out the box there on that same exact at-bat that Jose Trevino sprints to first base and forces the error. That's the difference. That was a huge difference. And then he gets the sacrifice fly late, right? A huge insurance run at the time. Gets wood on the ball, does the job just enough, not swinging for the fences there, not chasing garbage out the zone. Puts wood on the ball, on the puts the bat on the ball, gets the sack fly ribby. Tonight, tonight, I mean, the pickoff in the fourth inning, displaying his his arm, which he's not even known to have an arm, but the clutch, the clutch hitting continues. How many big hits has he gotten for them? And he's he's missed like 20, he hasn't played in 20-something games this year, remember that. Like the clutch hitting, the come-from-behind home run, he had two more hits. So between the defense... The framing, right? Stealing strikes. His framing is top-notch. I believe Baseball Savant or one of those nerd sites have him as the top framer in baseball. He is stealing strikes out there. Just doing... He's a big reason why this pitching staff is doing what they're doing. He's handling the pitching staff exceptionally well. And then you, you, you take into account the hitting. He's hitting the ball. Reminds you a lot of when Gio Urshela first came to the Yankees. Defensive-minded, don't expect anything offensively, and boom. He's getting clutch hits, and he's consistently hitting the ball every game. And then the positive vibes he just brings. He's a good clubhouse guy. He's become a fan favorite. Cliche? Absolutely. But it's not wrong. 
and that's important. And he's having such a good year. You're starting to hear. I mean, I'd never thought. I mean, who the hell in the world thought that you would hear Jose Trevino as an all star in the preseason? You probably didn't even know who Jose Trevino was if I mentioned his name before we acquired him on April 2nd, whenever it was. You probably had no idea. Nobody knew who Jose Trevino was. This guy has a shot to become an all star. Of course, you know, he's got to battle out Kirk from the Jays. Uh, but Jose Trevino in 45 games this season is batting 283 with a 339 OBP, 478 slugging, an 817 OPS, two doubles, one triple, six homers, 21 ribbies, nine walks, 16 strikeouts, which is a 13% K rate. And you know, you add in all the intangibles and the defense, like I said. It's going to be tough for him to... I mean, it's a, it's a fan vote, so I mean, maybe not. Statistically, I think Kirk hasn't beat. He's played in 15 more games, 60 games for Kirk. He's batting 307, uh, 395 OBP, 487 slugging, 882 OPS. I hear like raccoons. That scared the shit out of me. It sounded like it was right in here. But it's outside my window. Dude, it sounded like there's a raccoon under my fucking table or in the closet. But like I'm right next to the window. <laughs> um ten doubles. Yeah, it's like right there. That's scary as shit. Eight homers, twenty six ribbies. Uh, 27 walks, 22 strikeouts, 10% K rate. Don't know much about his Kirk's defense. Can't imagine it's great. <laughs> but uh, still, like the fact that Jose Trevino is, is giving the Yankees what he's giving the Yankees is... And he's getting paid less than what you're paying for gas. Let's be honest. It's amazing. He's having an incredible season considering the expectation. So I, I can't say good enough things about Jose Trevino. I think he's been phenomenal for the Yankees this season. And um, I just hope that continues. You know. Judge, of course. I mean, two home runs tonight. 27 now in the season. Um, he needed that game. Not just because of the whole arbitration thing, but, you know, he was in a bit of a, like a four or five game slide. The average was on the verge of going under 300. Actually, I think it was under 300 after his first couple at-bats, first at-bat. But he ends up getting two bombs tonight, now 27 on the year. He's back on a 60-something home run pace. (laughs) Batting over 300 still. I mean, the OPS is over 1,000, and he's got the ribbies. He's having the MVP season. I don't think there's an argument anymore that Aaron Judge should be the MVP if the season ended tomorrow. And yeah, I mean, his arbitration hearing is coming up on Friday. Um, he wants $21 million. The Yankees are hell-bent on $17 million. It's $4 million. How, if you're the Yankees, do you see what you're seeing right now from Judge and not even want to give him the $4 million? The extra four. That's insane. Uh, listen, I, I, am, I think the Yankees offered him a plenty fair contract at the start of the season, and I still think Judge should take that if he's smart. 
But to not want to give him the extra four million, if they make this whole thing like it was with Patances, where they're just they're getting into a hearing, like a they actually have to go to a hearing and and they're they're listing off reasons and bullet points as to why they shouldn't pay him like they did with Patances, literally just saying why he sucks, which was insane. I hope it doesn't have to get to that point. That would be ugly, uglier than ugly, because Judge means a lot more than Patances did to this franchise. No, nothing against Dylan, but Dylan was a relief pitcher. Judge is an everyday superstar. Gosh, that would suck. So hopefully that goes smoothly. Um, hey, maybe we end that day Friday night with with a win, arbitration, and an extension. We'll see. Uh, that, that's that's best luck, uh, the best case scenario there. But of course, Judge, Judge, you, know, you can't forget about him. He had two huge hits in this game. Just missed the one the other night before. Um, but again, we're not going to talk about moral victories. Twenty-seven homers on the year is insane. I, I think he can. I, I think sixty is incredibly difficult to do. I'm going to say if he continues hitting the shit out of the ball, staying healthy, I think there's a shot at fifty-five. You know, I don't want to set myself up for disappointment, so I'm going to be a little more conservative and say 50 conservative and say 55. Um, what else? What else? Stanton was over three, a couple of walks. He's just streaky as hell, man. His average is in the 240s now. I mean, I hope he figures it out this upcoming Houston series. Kind of need him for that. Did display the arm a couple times tonight. One of them got overturned. The other one did not. Um, actually, it did because he ended up being out. Um, he's still got the arm. He doesn't have the range anymore to cover right field in, in the bigger ballparks, maybe. But he's got the arm. But he's got to start hitting. I mean, he's giving them like walks here and there. He's walking a lot lately, but some of the sw- he's got the one-handed Stanton swing, which is when you know he's not on. Um, but you know he is. He's he's a hot and cold hitter. He's gonna go through those streaks. Hopefully soon enough he uh, comes around and, and hopefully that soon enough is is tomorrow. As you're listening to this, tomorrow is today. I'm recording Wednesday, June 22nd. You are listening to this Thursday, June 23rd. Um, DJ LeMayu, I, you know, I, I gave him, uh, I don't know why, I, but the offense wasn't great this series. He was one of the few who wasn't bad. Um, so I gave DJ the other featured position player slot of the series, going three for ten, two singles, a double, two RBIs, one strikeout, three walks, four total bases for LeMahieu. Um, I mean, I give him a lot of shit, right? Because he's not hitting the way that he was earlier in his Yankees career. Um, not exactly, you know. I'm not again. I'm not expecting him to to be Ty Cobb. But, you know, I was hoping he'd be at least be 290 to 300. He is back over 260, right? That's, that's, I think this is just who he is offensively now. DJ, the just, he's had a lot of ups, up and down seasons. He's had some good ones, some average ones, some bad ones. So I, I don't expect much from him anymore. I just think he's a mediocre hitter now. That's fine. I, I I've, uh, I mean, it, It'd be fucking nice to get him to hit. But I've kind of just accepted the fact that he's not that great anymore at the plate. I will say this, though. Okay, and I feel like I haven't given him enough credit. 
because I've ripped him a lot this season, maybe a little too much. The the versatility he had, like the defensive versatility he brings, is so valuable to this team because it allows the Yankees to do so much with their lineups, and that I think gets overlooked. The fact that he can play a great second base, a just as great, maybe even greater third base, and a pretty solid first base is so valuable. It's so valuable because it allows the Yankees to tinker with their lineup and get different guys in there. Because if DJ wasn't this flexible, some of these guys might not be getting at-bats. Torres might not be getting the at-bats he's been getting. You know, um, what's his name? Rizzo, Falafel, Donaldson. Like, he allows the Yankees to do so much around the diamond because of his ability to play all around the infield. So I will give him credit there. Not just being able to play those positions, but play them all at an above average rate. So I gave him I gave him one of those slots because he's been bouncing around and he's been hitting a little better lately. Um but what else in this series? Matt Carpenter went one for three. Um you know, he's he's kind of coming back down to earth a little bit, as expected. He's he's you know not that great anymore. But I still stand what stand by what I said. I expect I just see, I envision Matt Carpenter getting a big playoff hit for the Yankees at home. I see it. I see the October moment there. Veteran hitter has the experience with St. Louis. I just see it. Uh, what else? Rizzo had a quiet series. Another 0 for tonight from him. Did post the 364 OBP. This series getting on base 4 of the 11 times. Keeps walking at the multi-hit game Monday. Uh, Donaldson, the pop-up machine, goes 1 for 5. Is this dude ever going to start contributing consistently on offense? It's time for him to produce more steadily. I just feel like we're missing something there. Like I, all I was asking from Donaldson this season was to bat 250, give me an OPS around 800, be a, be on a 20 25 homer pace. Not getting that. We're not getting that. We're getting a ton of outs, ton of two strike counts, and soft contact, getting under the ball because he's got that stupid elevation swing. It's not working anymore. I mean, I get he plays great third base defense. I do. But Jesus, remember, we're paying the guy $25 million this year and $25 million more next year. It just, it'd be nice to get him to, to hit a little more than he's hit. Um, Yeah, first outing for Montgomery where he allowed more than three runs, six innings, four runs, two strikeouts, whatever. Um, Schmidt came in after that, worked in and out of trouble in the bottom of the seventh, and then King and Holmes dominating as usual in the eighth and ninth. By the way, um, he didn't pitch tonight, but Ron Marinaccio is quietly becoming a, a pretty big weapon, I'm noticing. He's got a 2.81 ERA through 16 innings this season, 13 appearances. In his last nine appearances, 12 innings, one hit, 13 strikeouts, six walks, and three hit by pitch. Not great there, but no runs. He looks really good. He looks like he's found a rhythm. He looked terrible when he first came up and started pitching for them, but he's found something. 
He's got great stuff. The fastball velo is decent. The um, spin rates there on the fastball. The changeup is, is a wipeout pitch for him. Opposing hitters are 1 for 27 on the changeup. Throwing it to righties, to lefties. They're 3 for 27 on the fastball, by the way. His slider is his least effective pitch, but he likes going to it on righties, where he's more successful. I like him. Plus, he's an Italian kid from Jersey, so you can't not like him. Maybe he could become, you know, we'll, we'll see if they start giving him more higher leverage spots down the stretch. Um, speaking of the bullpen, Domingo Herman began his rehab assignment, hoping he can become a weapon out of the pen. I think his stuff will play out. Well, I think his stuff will play up in the bullpen. It could be huge, man, to have him, you know, without Green, still without Lasagna, to have Domingo Herman come in and be effective. Multiple innings guy. You know, King won't have to take on all that workload. Well, we also got a. I was going to say Bobby Abreu. Albert Abreu back. So props to Cashman there. You know. So maybe, I don't know, someone's going to, because I, I think Abreu's coming up. So it's going to be Bonuelos to go down, I'm thinking. Um, hopefully it's not Clark or Marinaccio. That would suck. Um, I don't know. Man, yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be you know, Manny Bonuelos, unfortunately. But yeah. Um, it's just tonight was a big win for me. Like I, that was such a huge win to get that one tonight. Just because you don't want to head into this big Houston Astros series, which I think will have some huge playoff vibes to it at the stadium. You don't want to head into that dropping three of your last four and having that first loss a couple games ago be a bad implosion where you're blowing a lead against Toronto eight to three. Right, that it kind of felt like if they were going to lose tonight, that energy would have shifted and kind of headed towards negative energy into that Houston series. Not on a good note. Boston's been hot. There will be some bullshit narrative that they're like. We, I, I feel like they needed this one to quiet the bullshit or to prevent the bullshit from coming. You know, and and so far, again, my ask at the very start of the Minnesota Twins series this month was that the Yankees go 14-5 and five from that twin series up until the end of this Houston Astros series. 14-5. and five. And I said if they do that and go 14-5 and five on that stretch, I will buy into this team. All right? Well, they took two out of three from Minnesota. They swept the Cubs at home. They took two out of three in Toronto. And they just took two out of three at the Trop. So that's 12-3. and three. 12 and 3. So that means all they have to do is split against the Astros. I prefer 3 out of 4. That'd be great at the stadium. But tough Astros team, four game set. You split. That's 14 and 5. So that was a big game tonight, man. Maybe bigger than a lot of people think. Yankees win. I think we covered all we needed to cover. Let's wrap it up with our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day when we get back from break. Stay with us. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry 
comes with hemmed edges for extra durability, while its mildew and water-resistant properties ensure years' worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker Blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker Blog that you use promo code 6A2. 841-ERJC 682-841-ERJC Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab searching the Bomber Bocker blog and there you have it. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 383 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ. Let's get to our NYYNYK MMA question of the day to wrap this episode up. It's time! All right. So, for episode 383 here our NYYNYK MMA question of the day is by how many games did the 1998 Yankees win the division by how many games did the 1998 Yankees win the division so let me know the answer wherever you can reach me if you get the answer correct I will give you a shout out on the next episode if you get the answer incorrect but you at least attempt to guess the answer I'll let you know what the answer is on the next episode guys thanks so much for tuning in again I am your host RJ Carbone episode 383 of the podcast thanks for tuning in man and and let's go let's keep going big home series coming up against Houston man I hope they can take this I do at the at the I don't like settling for splits. That'd be huge, man, to take three. But I'm going to stand by my word. 14-5 and five overall on that stretch would be great. 9-2 uh, and two since they played the uh, the Jays. Or, I'm sorry, the, the Rays the first time around on this stretch. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. Let's beat the shit out of the, uh, the Astros, man. I'm tired of hearing about the Astros. That's like the one thorn in their side right now. They have to. You know, they they've proved this year that the Orioles are no longer a thorn in their side. That that they can win against the Jays, right? Who bothered them a bit in the past. Um, and you know, of course, the Rays. They they've now proven that. Let's go beat the Astros, right? I still want to see them win at Fenway. Fuck the Red Sox. But let's take care of the Astros. 
And if they do that, I'll buy in like I said. All right, guys. I'll see you in the next show. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.